Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. So it's my brother, can you spare a dime? My God shall supply my need. Don't have to beg because I am a seed. every good. Hey, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Welcome. Amen. Welcome to the month of February. Amen. The first Sunday in February. And we are so glad to be here today. Today's broadcast, of course, is the Kingdom Principles with um, Pastor Cleopas Malone, Jr. And um, he's going to continue on the topic of building the world, culture, life, a word, culture, life. Amen. So we're excited about him. Uh, Pastor Malone, are you with us today? I am, yes, sir. Good evening. Good evening, sir. So we're going to go ahead and just uh, turn everything over to him. And, and and we know that God has already birthed the word in him. And um, go ahead and uh, reach out to your friends and your neighbors and to connect with the broadcast because that's definitely a word for the day. God bless. So, uh, Pastor Malone, you can go ahead and take over. Thank you, sir. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening, Lord, just giving thanks unto you. Thank you for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon upon us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the word that you've given unto me to share with your people, Father. I thank you that that word is anointed to heal, to deliver, and to set free. Now, think through my mind and speak through my lips that I may carefully and precisely articulate the word that you've given unto me to share with your people on this evening. And, Father, I decrease so that the greater one in me may increase. And I purpose in myself to take no credit for anything that is accomplished in this evening's lesson. I give all glory and honor unto you. And I thank you now, Father, that the people that are on this call will receive your word in power, authority, and they will take it and apply it to their lives, Father, that their lives may be all that you've called them to be, have all that you've called them to have, and do all that you've called them to do. In the name, Lord Jesus, amen. Uh, Good evening. Um, We're going to continue in this lesson uh, uh, of uh, in the uh, lesson of building the word cultured life. Uh, we concluded on last month uh, the first series of it, the first lesson of it actually, um, and we talked about a few things. And, and uh, you know, words are powerful. Uh, the Bible talks about that uh, we in Hebrews eleven and three that. You know, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So your words will uh, outline and frame your life. So it's it's imperative that we understand uh, how powerful our words are. Uh, Our words are powerful because God's word is powerful. And we talked about... Uh, how we how he created us in his image and after his likeness uh, in Gen in the book in the first book of uh, uh, in the first book Genesis uh, uh, we spoke I spoke to you about uh, a bunch of things that God said uh, in in chapter one of Genesis uh, verse three verse six verse nine verse eleven verse fourteen verse twenty verse twenty four to verse twenty six and verse twenty nine. All, all of those scripture references start out with, and God said. And I, I spoke to you about if, if God had to say something to get something into the earth realm and we're created in his image and in his likeness, then we also have to say something to get something in the earth realm. And verse 33 of Genesis chapter 1 said, and God saw. So after all of those, and God said, God saw. So if if I'm if I'm in His image and His likeness, and after His likeness, then I'm gonna to have to do the same thing. If I want to get something into the earth realm, then I'm gonna to have to start saying something out of my mouth. It's not just gonna happen by happenstance. 
I also spoke to you about, you know, to build a word-cultured life. Uh, I've made this statement. To build a word-cultured life, you must first know who you are based upon how God views you and not how the world views you. So a lot of times our identities are reshaped and reformed uh, out of what other people say that you are or what people say that you are, your 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 environment, your situations and circumstances will a lot of times determine who you are, which is totally contrary to who God says you are. And uh and so you gotta you gotta be mindful of who God says I am. I am who God says I am. I'm not who uh what they say I am because they don't know me. They didn't create me. God did. So whatever God says about me, that's who I am. And I spoke to you about the key to understanding who you are is to understand who God is. If you want to know who you are, get a revelation of who God is. If you want to know, uh, you know, the secret formula, then you go to the person who created the secret formula. If you want to know, you know, the recipe of of your favorite dish, then you want to find out through the person that created that dish. You don't want to go to an imitator. You don't want to go to somebody that that's you know that's an imposter. You want to go to the source if you want to know if you really want to know how this thing was formed. So you you, you want to you want to understand you you learn to understand who you are. To understanding who God is, Amen. Uh, and for tonight, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple things. What I want to talk about tonight is, you know, what role does does your words play in your life? You know, what word, words will words will let people know your belief system, how you think. Your words will determine for others your character, your integrity, your honor. Are you humble? Are you boisterous? Are you proud? Are you trustworthy? Are you truthful? Or are you a liar? Your words determine that. Your words and your and your actions. You know, and, and I and I often tell people this. Say to me whatever you want to say to me. You can say all the words and and all of that, but it's your actions because along with words that you speak, there has to be a corresponding action that comes along with it. You know, the young folks the young folks used to say this back in the day. Man, you're talking on both sides of your neck. What are they really saying? You're saying one thing, but you're doing something else. And see... There needs to be a consistency. There needs to be a congruency in what you in what you're saying out of your mouth, and then the actions that are coming along with it. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles, uh, and, and I hope you got your pen and your pad, and and, and take some good notes tonight. Uh, and we're going to get into this, and we're going to we're going to roll through this. And I, and I think I have some information uh, that I'm going to share this evening that uh, that will uh, that will provoke you to thinking. I had a, a very good friend of mine, one of my best friends, sent me a, a piece uh, this past week, um, and I texted him back, and it was so powerful. I texted him back. I said, "Man, that 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 is that is thought provoking. You know, anytime somebody can give you some information that 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 stops you in your tracks and forces you to start to think about what was just said, and then to analyze it." up against your life. Now, now, you're, now you're putting this thing up against yourself, and you're saying, okay, how do I measure up? Where do I stand in this? So turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 12. We're going to start there this evening. Matthew chapter 12. And uh, we're going to start out at verse number 34. Verse 34. And I'm reading, uh, I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. And uh, I'm Verse 34 says this, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks out of, out of that which, is, which fills the heart. 
for the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. One translation says this: out of the abundance of the of out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse thirty-five: the good man from his inner good treasure brings out good things, and the evil man from his evil from his inner evil treasure brings out evil things. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will have to give an account for every careless or useless word they speak. Let me read that again. Verse 36. But I tell you, this is Jesus speaking. On the day of judgment, people will have to give an accounting for every careless or useless word they speak. Verse 37. For by, the, for by your words, reflecting your spiritual condition, you will be justified and acquitted of the of the of guilt of sin, of the guilt of sin, and by your words rejecting me, Jesus, you will be condemned and sentenced. Um, and, and I and I and I was reading this, and then I and then I saw it in another translation, and I'm not sure if if all of you are familiar with this translation. It's called the TPT. It's called the, the Passion Translation. And I read this, and man, it it, it was very powerful. Uh, and I'm going to read that verse from verse 34 down to verse 37 again. But you, hope, but you who are known as the Pharisees are rotten to the core like venomous snakes. How can your words be good if you are rotten within? For what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. For what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. And when I saw that, I thought about you know, you know when you when you put pressure on a pipe, you know a pipe that's, that that the water flows through, you put pressure on that pipe, and what happens to the pipe? It explodes, it bursts, it it, it comes apart at the seams, and the water starts to gushing out because there's too much pressure on it. And the same thing with people. You get people that 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 are mean and nasty, but they get around certain people and they just act so polite and cordial and, 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 and everything, see, but watch this. If you put pressure on them, I don't care who they're around, you put pressure on them, what's in them is what's going to come out of them. Let me say that again. You put pressure on someone and they're living a life that doesn't line up, their, 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 their public life doesn't line up with their private life. See, they're saying some things in private that they don't say in public when they get around other believers. You know, there, there's, some, there's a different language that comes out of them when they're in the, in, in the comforts of their own home or they're in the comfort of friends that act the same way, that speak that same language. But now when they get around you, it's a different language. Now they're, then they're portraying something that they're, that they're really not. So then this pressure comes on them, and what comes out of them? The words that they're speaking in private are the words that are coming out in public. Verse 35 says, when virtue is stored within the hearts of good, upright people will produce good fruit. But when evil is hidden within, what I just said, when evil is hidden within, those who are evil will will produce evil fruit. Verse 36. You can be sure of this. When the day of judgment comes, everyone will be held accountable for every careless word he has spoken. Your words will be used as evidence, and your words will declare you either innocent or guilty. And when I saw that, man, I started and I started to think about the Miranda. Anybody familiar with the Miranda? The Miranda is what they read to you <laughs> when they're locking you up. And they tell you that you have the right to remain silent. And you can refuse to answer questions. Watch this. If you give up the right to remain silent, anything that you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. Go, go back and look at it. I, what I just said. Verse 37 of, of Matthew chapter 12 in the, in the Passion Translation. 
Your very words will be used as evidence, and your words will declare you either innocent or guilty. What are you saying out of your mouth? What words are you using? How are you acting in private, but you're not acting that way in public? Who are you trying to fool? You you put these masks on and we're covering up for who we are, who we really are, and, and people see us in public and we portray a, per, a certain image, but then when we get behind closed doors and we get around that other group of friends, you know, there is a an us and a them, and we get with them, and now our true colors come out because we're we're more willing to please man than to please God. So, so your words are very powerful. Your words are so powerful that in in, in Genesis chapter eleven, a very familiar passage of scriptures, uh, 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 the 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 men and women were were had, had come together and they were all in of one language, and they started to build this this tower of Babel. It's called the Tower of Babel, and 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 watch this. Uh, and I, I'm, you don't have to go there, but I'm, I'm going to read a few passages from chapter 11 of Genesis. And they, and they said to one another, this is verse 3, and they said to one another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into the heavens and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the, of the whole earth. And look at verse number, here's verse number five. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one. The people are one. And they have all one language. See, it's something about coming on one accord and unity. And too often we're speaking negatively against one another and not for one another. Jealousy, pride, envy, all of that comes into it. Let me finish in verse 5. And the Lord came out, and in the verse 6, and the Lord said, Behold, the people are one. And they have all one language. And this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. See, when you, when, when you get in alignment, God from God, when you get in alignment with the word of God and you start to say the exact same thing that God says about your situation, about your sicknesses, about your disease, when you start to say what God says about you, 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 you're challenging your body, and you're not saying, I'm sick. You're saying what the Word says, I'm healed. You're challenging your finances, and you're not saying, I'm so broke I can't pay attention. You're not saying these things. You're saying what the Word says, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. You have to you have you have to change your words, and your words need to align with His words. If you want the results and the power of God to flow through your life, then you have to align yourself with His word, and now you got to start to say exactly what He said. And we have this 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 great example set in Jesus Christ. The Bible calls Him the Author and Finisher of our faith. And Jesus said this one time. Jesus says, I only say what I heard my father say. So what are you saying, Jesus? You, 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 it's not that Jesus can't think for himself. It's not that you and I can't think for ourselves. But if, if I know somebody who has the answer to all of my problems, who has the answer to every situation or challenge that I can come up against, and he's telling me to say something, and it may not even make sense what he's telling me to say. He told that boy to go dip himself in the name. He told him to go dip himself in the water seven times if he wanted to get rid. And it okay, 
Why do I have to dip myself in the water seven times? Why can't I just do it three times? This water's dirty. But look what he told him to do. So you have to follow instructions. That's why Proverbs 3. All right, let me slow down. Let me take my time. Because <laughs> I'm getting excited. I love the word of God. Proverbs 3 says this, Proverbs 3 and 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. See, God gives you a word, and now you're questioning God's word and wanting to see if there's a more simpler way to do it because the way he's telling you to do it comes with some you having to get out of your comfort zone. You got to do some things that you don't normally do. And see, now, so now you start to lean to your own understanding. Well, you know, you're smarter than God. <laughs> Now you now you now you start to talk to yourself. And you're like, you know, there's got to be an easier way than this. Now you, now you're smarter than God, the Creator of heaven and earth, the, the one who put the sun in the sky, the moon in the sky, the stars, and they've never left their position. The one who set this earth in rotation, and has never stopped. And you're smarter than him, so maybe he's coming to you for counsel, for guidance, for wisdom, and we're supposed to be going to him. How'd you get so smart that you can't follow instructions? Amen. So if we want if we want the God kind of results, we got to do the God kind of things that will produce the God kind of results. God is a God of order of order. And anything that's out of order, he's not obligated to participate in. Amen? So, again, if we want the God count results, then we got to do and say the God count of things. One word from God acted upon. Watch this. One word from God acted upon would change your life and increase you beyond your wildest imaginations. One word from God. You get a revelatory word from God, and you act upon this revelatory word that you've received from God, a rhema word, and you act upon it. It will change your life beyond and increase you beyond your wildest dreams. This is, this is one of my prayers daily. I ask God, I say, Father, allow me to see in the spirit far better than I see in the natural. Allow me to hear in the spirit far better than I hear in the natural. Because God is showing some things and he's speaking some things that if I take a hold of those things that he's telling me and he's showing me in the spirit, because what's going on in the spirit realm is more real than what's going on in the, in, the, in the natural realm. And there's some things in the spirit realm that I'm supposed to have, but they haven't shown up in this, in this three-dimensional world, in the natural realm, because I haven't grabbed a hold of the spirit realm. I haven't tuned my ear in or I haven't locked my focus in on the things that are not seen. Because there's some other people telling me something, words, that are contradicted to what God is saying, and it sounds so much easier to do it this way than to do it God's way. I'm trying to find a way to circumvent the system. I'm trying to find a way to make life easier for me. And I promise you, you do it God's way, it doesn't get any easier than that. When you get locked into the system, watch this. There, there is a system that everyone on the earth participates in every single day, and it does not matter. Hear me good. It does not matter what race you are, what ethnicity, ethnicity you are, 
what country you're from, what, what, you, what you call your religion, it doesn't matter. Everybody participates in it. And it's the principle of, it's a kingdom principle, the principle of sowing and reaping. Everybody participates in it. What you say out of your mouth is a seed. And you're sowing a seed that there's going to be a harvest to. That's that's what the word just said. That's what I just read to you. Your word uses evidence and your words will declare you either innocent or guilty. You sown a seed with your words. And there's going to be a harvest that comes up from it. And see, you don't even realize that the things that you're saying out of your mouth are seeds that are going in the ground. When you're walking around talking about all the illnesses and things that you're going through in your body and the attacks on your body, and you're giving them more weight than, the, than God, now what you're doing is you're planting seeds for your own demise. Okay, why do you say that, sir? Why do you say that, preacher? All right, I'm going to tell you why I said it. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. <laughs> I'm getting excited. I need to slow down. I need to calm down. 18 and 21 says this. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay, wait a minute. Back up. Let's, let's walk through that one more time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you mean to tell me that I can either speak death to myself or I can speak life? I can either speak blessings over me or I can speak curse over me? by the words that are coming out of my mouth? And we're so careless with our words? We're so careless with our, what, what we say? You know, like walking around, man, my back is killing me. All right. You keep on saying that. You keep on putting that seed in the ground. Go ahead. Uh, you know, and and. And people take ownership of this stuff. My high blood pressure, my diabetes, my cancer. Hear, hear what I just said. My, that's what, that's what you hear people say. My, they have taken ownership of it. And the first thing I want to know is who gave it to you? And why did you accept something that doesn't belong to you? <laughs> I've read the book, I've read the Bible from cover to cover. Doesn't make me any better than anybody else. But the one thing that, that one of the things that I never have never seen in scripture is where Jesus was sick or God was sick. So if if God says I am and then I'm supposed to say I am, but now I'm saying I am I am sick. I am broke. What I'm saying is contrary to what he says about me. And it's contrary to what he said about Christ Jesus. Again, I've never seen a scripture where Jesus was ever sick. So if he wasn't sick, and then then I read in the scripture where it says that he was bruised for our iniquities, and and if that's the case, and it's going by his stripes we were healed. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. If if he's saying that, then that's past tense. That means it's already happened. And if this is what he's saying, then I should catch a hold of that, and now I start to say what he said. But you hear it all the time. Born again believers, 
<clears throat> Spirit feel, tongue talking, Bible toting, can quote you scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. And you see I'm walking around, man, I'm just as sick as I can be. This high blood pressure is killing me. My foot is killing me. How are you saying something that's contrary to the word? Again, our words. And we put these seeds in the ground, and there's going to be a harvest that comes up from them. That's principle. That's law. By the grace of God, this may not come on you. But the Bible says in Galatians, it says, <laughs> don't get it twisted. Don't be, the, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So we got to get our words right. We got to get our words in alignment with God's word. And we got to stop saying what the world is saying. You know, these, these cute sayings that they sound cute but their, their, their total demise to our own lives. And then we say things about other believers and we talk about other believers and now our words are on them. Now we're, now we're using our words against our brothers and our sisters. And nothing good's going to come from that for the person that's doing all the talking. And nothing good coming from that. So you got to use your words wisely. Proverbs 6 and 2 says this. <clears throat> you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. You're trapped. See, words are shaping your world. They're framing out your world. And you're going to live inside of the words that are coming out of your mouth. And so now you're saying stuff and putting seeds in the ground for a harvest that does not line up with the word of God. And you'll wonder why all these things are coming on you. Yes, Satan came after Job. Yes, he did. But Job chapter 3, verse 25, I believe it is, tells you the reason that these things happened to Job. And they came out of his own mouth. Because he said, the thing that I have feared the most has come upon me. That came out of his mouth. So, so the door of opportunity for Satan to come in and wreak havoc in your life is coming out of your own mouth, your words. The Bible says that, he, that Satan goes through the earth like a roaring lion looking for whom he may devour. Well, he can't devour somebody that's saying what God says or what Jesus says. He can attack because the Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It did not say that the weapon wouldn't be formed. It didn't say that you wouldn't be stricken with cancer. It didn't say that you wouldn't have high blood. It didn't say you wouldn't have kidneys. It didn't say that you wouldn't have this. It didn't say you wouldn't have financial chances. It said that no weapon formed against you would prosper. And see, these things start to happen in our lives, and now <laughs> the situation and the circumstances becomes our focus. I got, a, I, got, I got a money challenge, and now that becomes my focus. And, 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 and everybody on this call has, has heard this said. What you focus on will expand or grow, get bigger. And so now, now you're focusing on the problem, and you've gotten your eyes off the promise. And now you're saying what you see. You're saying what you see. And the Bible tells us to walk by faith, not by sight. But you're saying what you see. You see poverty. You're saying. You see lack. You're saying. You see sickness and disease. You're saying it. Your children are acting up. You're saying it. Your husband, your wife is acting up. You're saying it. So you're left 
the word and started saying what you see. And when you say what you see, that becomes your reality. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 18 says this, For while we look not at the things that are seen, for the things that are seen are temporary. But we look at the things that are not seen. All right, let me say it another way. For while we say not <laughs> the things that are seen, for the things that are seen are temporary. So I'm not going to say what I see because what I see is temporary. I'm going to say what's eternal. I'm going to say what God says. That's not, that's not scripture because it says for while we look not. I switched it up because I want you to get the emphasis of what, what the word is, and I want you to say what the word says and not what, the, what you see. Because every situation, every condition, everything has an expiration date. The word of God, the Bible tells me the word of God is shall, shall, shall last. Everything is going to pass away. All these, all these wonderful buildings and all this stuff is going to pass away, but the word of God is going to stand forever. So what am I going to go with? I'm going to go with the word of God. Every time, without fail, no exception. That's what I'm going to go with. Even when I'm challenged and, 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 and that thing is coming up out of me, I'm going to eat that thing back up. And I'm going to go back and say what the word says. I'm going to get my eyes on the promise and get my eyes off of the situation, the circumstance, the problems that I'm going through in life because they're not bigger than my God. And they only become bigger in my own mind when I start to say the things that I see and I start to make those things bigger than God. But when those things come along and I start to say what the word says, about me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I am the lender and not the borrower. Okay. You're broke right now. You don't have all the wherewithal. But stop saying what you see and start saying what the word says. I am the lender and not the borrower. The wealth of the wicked is being transferred unto me. Why? So that I can establish the kingdom of God here in the earth. We have to say what the word says if we want the word results. If we want the God kind of results, we have to say what the word says. James chapter number three, don't go there. You don't have to go there. James, I want to read this. In the message, in 5a, it says, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account. Let me read it again. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Your words have the ability to, to accomplish anything or it can destroy anything. What are you saying out of your mouth? Why don't your words align with the word of the living God? And the only way that we can get our words to align with the word of the living God is we have to get our Thoughts in our mind transferred or renewed. We have to get our thoughts in our mind renewed in Christ Jesus so that now we can say what he says. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I hope you're writing these scripture references down. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 2 says this, For unto us, was the gospel preached. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. There's an us and a them. So the gospel was preached, being preached to, to, to all. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. See, there's some people that's hearing the word, and they want the word to be powerful in their lives but then they're taking what they hear and they're running with something else. So consequently, the word that's being shared, I'm sharing a word with you right now. And if you take a hold of this word that I'm sharing with you right now, it can profit you. But if you take this word, you've heard it, 
and then you go back to the same old mundane life and the same old words that you've been using all along, then that's the fruit you're going to eat of. That's what Proverbs 18 and 21 says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Amen? Turn with me to the book of Luke. Luke, Luke chapter 1. I hope y'all are right, and I pray that uh, that 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 God is uh, is giving you a a, a rhema word. Amen. And and Luke chapter one is quite intriguing because <clears throat> here you have uh, uh, the foretelling or, or the prophecy of uh, of John the Baptist coming on the scene, and let me read a little bit of this, and, uh, uh, and we're going we're to dissect a couple of scriptures, and, and then we're going to get out of here, out of this lesson. And, and, and. So here we go. I'm going to start at, uh, let's see. I'm going to start at verse number 8. I'm sorry. I'm going to start at verse number, I apologize. I'm not sorry. Ain't nothing sorry about me. I'm going to start at verse number 6. Luke 1 starting at verse number six, and I am reading out of the Amplified, but I'm going to switch over to the, to the, to the uh, Passion Translation for, for effect because there's some really good uh, words in that translation that really magnifies what's going on here. <clears throat> so verse number six, they both were righteous, approved in the sight of God, talking about uh, Zechariah and, uh, and Elizabeth, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they were childless. They were childless because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both far advanced in years. Okay, let me watch this. They were blameless in the sight of God. They were righteous. They walked uprightly in the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Verse 7 says, but they were childless, so they didn't have any kids. Because why? Because Elizabeth was burned. She couldn't have kids. And they both were, and watch this, and they were both far advanced in years, meaning they were old. <laughs> they Essentially, Elizabeth was past childbearing years. Years. Now, verse number eight. Now, it happened while Zacharias was serving as priest before God in the appointed order of his priestly division, as was the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord and burn incense on the altar of incense. And all the congregation, watch this, all the congregation was praying. So you would think that this was on the Sabbath, you know, and not during the course of a week because all the congregation was outside praying in the court of the temple at the hour of the incense offering. And watch this, verse 11. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, Zacharias, standing to the right of the altar incense. When Zacharias saw the angel, he was troubled and overcome with fear. Verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, because your petition in prayer was heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. Whoa, hold your horses, buddy. <laughs> the scripture just said that she was barren. And then I read here in chapter 13 that the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, because what? Because your petition, your prayer has been heard. See, oh, my goodness. We're praying for stuff that we want, and then when God wants to give it to us, we talk ourselves out of it. <laughs> okay, let me let me read on. I'm getting excited again. I'm gonna switch over to the to, to the Passion Translation because I really like I really like like the way it's said in the Passion Translation. I'm gonna go back to verse 13. But the angel reassured him, saying, "Don't be afraid." Zechariah, God is showing you grace, for I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. 
your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you're going to call him his name John. And then it goes on to say this. It tells him how, how great his son's going to be. I mean, we have a child, we have a son, we have a daughter, and we want all of these things for them. Look what it says, verse 14. His birth will bring you much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice because of him. And he will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. He won't, he won't drink no wine or no strong drink, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even while still in his mother's womb. O-M-G. And he will persuade many in Israel to convert and turn back to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord as a forerunner with the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. Whew, that's powerful. He will be instrumental in turning the hearts of fathers into tenderness back to their children and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. And we need some of that in the land right now today. We need the heart of some fathers turned back to their children. Bless God. And he will prepare a united people who are ready for the Lord's appearing. And here, here's where the situation gets sticky, folks. Verse 18. Now, Zechariah has been prophesied to by the angel of God. Now, watch his response. Watch his response. Verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel, and I'm in, the, I'm in the, the Passion Translation, and I'm reading it out of here for a reason because I think it's, it, it's, it's, it's more, it, it cuts right through the chase and it gets right to what we can plainly understand. Verse 18, and Zechariah asked the angel, how do you expect me to believe this? Look at his attitude. And then, okay, <laughs> I've been telling you, Say what God says about you. Get an understanding of who you are by understanding who God is. To build a word culture life, you must first know who you are based upon how God views you and not how the world views you. So look at this. Here's what he says. How do you expect me to believe this? I am an old man. <laughs> I am Okay The Bible calls God the great I am And here Zachariah said I am an old man And my wife is old Is too old to give me a child And then he asked this What sign can you give me To prove this was happening And here's what the angel said Then the angel said all right, you telling me who you are? Let me tell you who I am. I am Gabriel. And Gabriel means God's hero or God's mighty one. So now Gabriel come, the angel Gabriel said, all right, you told me who you are. You told me that you're old and that your wife is old and she can't have no babies. And I just came to you and told you that you're going to have, you done prayed about something that you wanted. And I came to you to give you some good news and tell you that God has heard your prayer and he's going to answer it and going to give you a child. But okay, watch this. Then they said, I am Gabriel. I stand beside God himself. He has sent me to announce to you this good news. Verse 20. But now, since you did not believe my words, you will be stricken silent and unable to speak until the day my words have been fulfilled at their appointed time and a child is born to you. That will be your sign. You're not getting the results of what you want in, even in your prayers because you don't even believe your prayers. You don't even believe God's going to answer your prayers. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says this, it is impossible to please God without faith because one first must believe that he is who he says he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. And see, so you're coming up short. We're coming up short in that diligently seeking him peace. 
because we're trying to find another avenue. We're trying to find another way. You know, we're going to go, we don't have no money, but we're going to take the little money that we do have and we're going to go play the lottery to try and get rich quick with no understanding of money. So now, consequently, I hit the lottery, I get some money, but in a, in a very short period of time, all that money is gone because I don't have no understanding of it. And the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all that getting, get understanding. See, you've got to get some understanding of the word, and the only way to really get some understanding of the word is to spend time in the word, spend time with God in the word, and now you can get some understanding of the word. Now you can start to say what God says, and now you will start to see the power of God working in your life. Prayers manifested. Decrees manifesting. You're declaring a thing and you're seeing it come to pass. Why? Because your word is in alignment with God's word. You've taken your will and you've submitted it to his will and you're saying, okay, Lord, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. Matthew 16 and 19 Jesus had asked his disciples early on in that in that passage of scripture, "Who do men say I am?" And see, most of us have an identity crisis. We don't even know who we are. We got the word to tell us who we are, but we won't study the word. And then when we study the word, we don't even believe what the word says. And now we're taking our identity and all of these things from outside sources. And they started telling them, you know, who the men say they was. And, and then, he, then he asked another question. He said, well, okay, all right. Well, who do you say I am? And that's what Peter stepped up. And Peter said, thou art the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, he said, he said flesh and blood didn't tell you that. You didn't, you didn't get that from, from your boys. You didn't get that at the barbershop or at the car garage. You didn't get that at the breeder salon. You got that from my father. And he says, Peter, thou art a rock. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. And he says, I've been given the king. I, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Talking about kingdom principles. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And see, you're not bind, we're not binding up things. And we're running around saying somebody needs to do something. And I'm saying to you, we are. I am this earth's answer. I'm not here just to get rich. I'm not here to have a job that I go to every day. I'm not here for this or that. I'm here on assignment. God placed you and I on this earth on assignment. And whenever God wants to get something in the earth, he has to do it through a man. And your cooperation is critical. That's why your words are critical. And that's why we have to say what God says. And we have to align our words with God's word. And it's just amazing to me that God, this is how powerful, you've you got to really see this. This is how powerful your words are. Zachariah's words were so powerful that God had to shut his mouth up so he couldn't put his mouth on it. Eli, all-powerful God, all-knowing. He had to shut this man's mouth up so he wouldn't put his words on what God had said. Powerful is that? I mean, that's that's powerful. Your words have so you have no idea how powerful your words are. And you're saying things that are to your detriment. 
because what you're saying doesn't align with what the Word of God says. You're sick because you keep saying you're sick. The Bible says, let the sick say I'm healed. And you're saying you're sick. And you wonder why you're not getting better. And you wonder why you keep going through all these different things that's holding you up, that's holding you back. Because you're taking hold and taking claim to something that was never designed for you. You're taking hold and taking claim to sickness and disease. You're taking hold to poverty. You're taking hold of things that were that, that God never designed to be in your life, and you're putting it in your life by the words that are coming out of your mouth. This is big boy and big girl stuff here. If you want something better, you got you got to do something better. You got to make some changes. You got to start to think about what you want. And then you got to start to say what you want to see. And you keep saying what you want to see. And it don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter how long. That should never come out your mouth. How long? According to the fullness of time. And God's perfect plan for our lives. Listen, I'm a... Uh, I'm I'm out of time. I'm not out of word, but I'm out of time. I I I, pr- I, re- I sincerely pray that that something that I've said this evening, or what I've said this evening, that that this comes from the throne of God. This is this isn't this isn't my this is my these are not my words. These are God's words, and I pray that uh, that they penetrate and have power in your life. If you're on this line and 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 you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, uh. That's something that you can do this evening that will, that's the first step in, 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 in changing your words. You come in agreement with, with what God has done for all of us. He sent his son for the remission of our sins. He stands at the door knocking. Scripture says, today when you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Tomorrow, when you hear his voice, harden not your heart. The next day, you didn't get it right today. The next day, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. At some point, come to God. Come to Jesus. He is your answer. God has all your answers. God knows everything about you. And I. Then get in a Bible teaching church. Get 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 attached to a pastor that's going to teach you the word of God in simplicity with understanding. Amen. Reverend Ray, I'm 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 done, sir. Amen. Amen. Bless God. Thank you for the word, there, Pastor Cleopas. Awesome word of God. Definitely the word from the Lord at this time and season that we're living in. I just want to tell those that are listening. Listening in, and we'll be listening later on. Uh, you should be able to listen to the broadcast in its entirety, probably about another 10 minutes if you go to Blog Talk Radio, Backstage When Christian Speak. We're also on iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com, uh, um, Spotify, um, and iTunes. That's the name of few. So you'll be able to listen to the, the broadcast on quite a few different platforms. If you would like to uh, get in contact with Brother Cleophus, Brother Cleo, please go ahead and give us your email address again for me, please. It's uh, kingdomprinciples23 at gmail.com. Kingdomprinciples23 yeah, at gmail.com. Amen. So, again, we thank you, Brother. Uh, thank you, Pastor Cleo. Thank you for the word. And, um, everyone, enjoy the rest of your um, evening, and God bless you all. Thank you, Brother. Amen. Yes, God bless you all. You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio.
Broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians speak, is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. So it's my brother, can you 